0: X-rated movies! This is a movie podcast by two guys who used to date, now they no longer date. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ryan Whedon. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matthew Fisher. Hello, Matthew! Hello, Ryan! Well, here we are. (sighs) Episode 175.
1: I would just like to take this opportunity to tell people, please subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah! I feel like we need to start doing this at the beginning of every episode. Uh, By the time they get to the end, they might be exhausted, tired, they can't hit that uh, uh, pay now button. Oh, no. So I just want to get it out up front. Please subscribe to our Patreon.
0: Yeah. You know what? Our Patreon feed is full of great bonus apps. We primarily
1: populate that with stuff that is uh, current and streaming because theaters are still closed in this COVID time. So you can find things like Shirley, Defy Bloods, uh, Mucho Mucho Amor, (laughs) uh, the documentary on Walter Mercado. Uh,
0: Those are all Patreon-only episodes. Yeah. And... Let me tell you, we have some fun puns. (laughs) Fun was in quotations. We call them
1: funs here on the podcast. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You are on the tear today. (laughs) Um, So yes, if you haven't done that, please join us over there. And uh, on that note, let's uh, begin our regularly scheduled programming, shall we?
0: Yes. Now we are entering the We Are Friends segment. (laughs) Matt, this is a question that Twitter loves to ask. Yeah. And I'm going to ask it to you. Okay. What is an unpopular movie opinion that you hold? Mm. I know you were the opinions editor of your high school (laughs) paper, so you clearly have some opinions on things. Wow.
1: Just had that one locked and loaded in your back pocket, <laughs> didn't you? So I'm just curious if there's a movie opinion that uh, you rifle through my high school yearbook, which I was also an editor on. Right? Yeah, um, that's why you're on
0: every page. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's the problem with this page? Not enough mats.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm the only one in the room, but like doing multiple voices. Like, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea, that's- boss. <laughs> Well, the A's have it. <laughs> More mats all around. Well, let's see. Unpopular movie opinion. Uh, it's a little tough. Um, I guess uh, we'll start out easy, and then I'll, I'll ping pong it over to you. Great. Uh, I think Alien is the unquestionably better movie between that and Aliens. It's not like a coin toss. It's not like. A squeaker. I think
0: Alien is a clear winner there. Well here okay, well here's maybe this is an unpopular opinion in and of itself. I think they're movies that need to be judged on different criteria. They
1: they definitely are Aliens but-
0: is an action movie.
1: Alien is more of a horror thriller. But even then, I think Alien is a five-star movie. I think Aliens is a four-star movie. Mm. Even judging it on the
0: basis of it being an action movie. Okay. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'm, I might agree with you on that one. Okay. Under certain circumstances. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up James Cameron, though, because my unpopular opinion has to do with James Cameron. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to say that True Lies is a better movie than Terminator 2. You know, it's been a while since
1: I've seen True Lies, and it has not been a while since I've seen Terminator 2. Terminator 2, it's a little corny. Like, there is a a, a spot where Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I need a vacation. And
0: and don't get me wrong, T2, great movie. It's awesome. I love it. Awesome. I love it. But I think in the uh, James Cameron Ullrgh I'm going to rank True Lies above it. True Lies is a lot more fun. T2 is very serious. Mm-hmm. It has light moments, but it's a very serious movie. It has some awesome set pieces like that uh, uh, semi driving off the bridge, crashing into the um, waterway, and then driving after uh, John on the scooter. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. ah, I love it. I mean, there's plenty of good things I can say about T2. I just think True Lies is a lot more fun, and it does the final like action You know, James Cameron, like, action hour. Uh It does it better. Okay. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah. uh, My instinct is to agree with you there, having just watched Terminator 2, where it seemed a a little long and a little overly serious. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though uh, Linda Hamilton in that reminds me so much of my mother. Mm -hmm. Just because my mom was a massage therapist for, like, 30 years, so she always had, like, really... Toned arms, and there's that scene of Linda Hamilton like doing chin ups uh-huh. in the in the asylum cell. Yeah, and I remember as a kid, I'd be like, "Oh, those arms look like my mom's forearms." Right, and then uh, she turns around and like looks at the doctor, and she's like, "How are you today? Is is that wound healing?" <laughs> and like the look that she gives that doctor I was like, "Oh, that's the look that she
0: gives me when she knows I've been up to some shit." You also mentioned that time that she tried to return. Uh, something at Target, and they wouldn't take it back. So she stuck a syringe full of uh, Clorox. Yeah, and then uh, threatened, held up th- the manager. Yeah, So yeah. That yeah. I could see that reminding you of your mom. It was a trying
1: a time, but she got her
0: store credit. Yeah, good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's how you got to do it. You got to strong <laughs> arm them. So, and she had strong arms. So, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to go ahead and say that Bound is better than The Matrix in the
1: Wachowskis catalog. I would, I, well, that's, uh, I'm on board with you because I think Bound is their best movie. Yeah. Is that an unpopular opinion? Mm, maybe. Probably. Like if you, if you like look up the Wachowskis on like Letterboxd or IMDb, Bound is always like the very last movie in terms of when it's like ranked by like popularity or most searches. What a shame. Yeah. You know it's number two in in, in uh, near the bottom. What's that? Uh, a little movie called Speed Racer. Oh, hey, that's today's movie. Yeah, it is. Look at that. Look at that. That has to be the smoothest
0: of all transitions. That, oh, we are like Speed Racer right now. <laughs> yes. That was pretty good, like butter. Uh, well, you know what, Matt? I'm just going to be honest with you here. I'm going to need your help, sort of fleshing out my feelings on this movie oh because i do think it was uh wrongfully maligned upon its release because i read some of the reviews after watching it this time from that time period when it was released and i'm like i don't agree with any of these like i think that people didn't really see what it was what were
1: what was like a common most of the
0: time it was like this is a cgi nightmare i can't follow any of it well uh, the, plot the plot is plot incoherent. Is a little is it? muddled. Okay. Well, but but also like I can't follow the action. This looks like it belongs in a video game. It's so cartoony, blah blah blah, and I'm like, I think it's supposed to be cartoony.
1: Also, in in terms of like really like heavy CGI movies, this is one of the more
0: clear-eyed ones. Yeah, I mean, the whole f- like, filming of it Like, I I was surprised because I looked at the production schedule. This movie, from start of production to finish, took a year. Okay. Because the actual filming of it was all green screened and everything else was post-pro. And I'm like, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. And considering how they, like, lean into the cartoony CGI elements of it, I think, like, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, that that seems like kind of a... It seems like an old person's critique of the movie. Yeah, it's to be honest,
1: kind of because I mean, there's so many Marvel movies that I do consider CG messes. Yeah, and I don't hear that criticism from like professional critics.
0: Well, this is the same year as Iron Man, and everybody sh- creamed their shorts for that. God, movie. Was it the same year as yeah, Iron Man? And so it's like when we see what the Marvel movies became after that, it's like, well, this they just became like. I don't know, more down to earth, you know, speed racers, basically. Sure, sure. You think of Avengers Endgame, like, that's all green screen. So.
1: Yeah, that is odd. Like, this one is is worlds ahead of the Marvel movies in terms of, like, integrating real life actors into an almost completely green screen world. Yeah. It doesn't always work for me. I agree. Like, I agree. The, the problem with green screening, especially the way that they're doing it here, where it's very cartoony animation like really trying to capture like the essence
0: of the cartoon of the original cartoon yeah
1: so sometimes like the lighting doesn't quite it's not always
0: successful i agree sometimes it looks like somebody's standing in front of a screen yeah
1: but not always But not always in fact a lot of it looks really really good but, I mean, what this movie has that no Marvel movie has, like, not a single one, is this is got to be the most vibrant and colorful of... I mean... Like, if you're going to be a CG mess, at least make it bright and colorful. Yeah. Seriously. Have some fun with it. Yeah. And this one definitely hits that mark.
0: I was thinking while watching it, it was like, you know, it's so obvious to turn this into, like, a dark, gritty, like, oh, we're doing Speed Racer. Let's make it, like hard and like he races at night and you know Uh his brother died and like you know you could really easily turn it in that and they went hard the other way sure like we want children to see this Uh we're gonna make this as candy coated and silly as possible and i respect that a lot like it feels like the right move for this material
1: yeah especially because so many like especially superhero movies uh You know, not just Marvel movies, but like any superhero movie in the wake of like The Dark Knight did go that like dark route. So this does seem sort of like this odd little gem of like one that went really bright and colorful. Yeah, Where so many others went for like color corrected, like navy green, dark blue, gray sort of stuff. This is in a completely
0: different realm and all the better for it. Yeah, it's such an obvious move since... 89's Batman like that's when that started like okay let's take a comic book cartoon premise and make it like dark Mm -hmm. and they they leaned hard the other way and I think it's a mistake to write that off in the way that it was because it's like this is what movies look like now so like to write this movie off in 2008 like is it's sort of an old person critique it's sort of like saying like oh I don't like where movies are going so I'm gonna hate on this but it's like girl that's where they are now also like the video game critique like video
1: games like because I definitely got like Mario Kart vibes while watching <laughs> so this really Mario Kart take that wow but also, like, you can't have four people playing Mario Kart all at once if you can't tell what's going on. Yeah. Like, it's important for video games like that to be clear so you can see what's going on.
0: And that was another critique I didn't agree with. Like, the, there were so many people who were like, oh, the driving sequences. I couldn't tell what was going on. But I'm like, I yeah. can totally tell what's yeah. happening. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's like over the top and crazy. Yeah. But I I know where everybody is. I've seen action movies that are way more muddled than this shit. Yeah, I, I'd like to see these, like, same
1: reviewers, like, critique, like, a Transformers movie. Yes. Where it's, like, I legitimately do not understand what's happening. And, like, it'll seem like a power imbalance has shifted somehow. And I'm like, how? Wh- when? What happened? <laughs> what, what? What? Why is the bad guy laughing like he's got the upper hand? I don't understand. Yeah,
0: I think of, like, so uh, Matrix Reloaded. There's that great uh, sequence on the highway in that movie. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. they built for the movie, and it's all—it's just a highway that's on a loop. So, it's like, it doesn't matter where they film in it, like, they can just keep the cars moving in, in that loop. This was the first non-Matrix movie they had made. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they kind of took what they learned from making that mo- part of the movie, which is my favorite part of that movie. I'll just oh, say it right now. Like yeah, 100B. You never even despite the fact <laughs> My favorite that, part is his talking with the architects. <laughs> <laughs> like I just feel like they 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 learn from that being like, "Okay, we know how to keep our audience in line with where we are, especially moving cars." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like this movie's nothing but people in moving cars. Yeah. And it's so great that they did that before this because it shows like all, like I said, all the race sequences, I know exactly what's going on, who's talking, what they're thinking, what's happening. Like, specifically, like, when Trixie's driving on the mountain and it's, like, mm. they're flipping from, like, different sides of the road and all sorts of shit. It's like, I know exactly what's happening. Like, it's not confusing to Well, me. even
1: the first race kind of does, like, a little flashback to when his older brother was racing. And it's, like, I totally got, like which timeline we were on and like it's showing like the dual cars as like he's trying to like beat the record and like where they are in terms of like where his brother was i was like i'm i totally understand
0: all of this and what great economy of storytelling yeah holy cannoli speed
2: you know you're racing
0: yeah I want to say, like I said, I think I like this movie, but it's not a perfect movie.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. A, I do think it's a little on the long side for a movie called Speed Racer. It's like kind of
0: go to the editing room, you guys. Again, Iron Man's the same year, and it's two hours long. Were people complaining about the length of that? Uh, I definitely remember feeling the length of Iron
1: Man when I saw that one. Uh, But you know, I don't
0: know. I I don't mind a long summer movie, tbh. Yeah.
1: Uh well, especially when you have uh, uh yummy twenty three year old Emil Hirsch as your leading man. The scene like after the first race when he like walks out of the bedroom and just kinda like puts his arm up on the, the door frame, like, oh yeah. He's two months younger than me, so you know,
0: it's not weird when I would have seen this initially. I'm just gonna say a lot of this movie just makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing for his older brother. Both versions. Oh yeah, I've got definitely. a thing for Emil Hirsch. I actually have a thing for Sparky with his sleeveless shirts. Sparky, the the mechanic. Yeah, I don't know. I'm oh, just, like I have a thing for the Korean racer that he's with, played by Rain. Oh, his name. sure, sure. Yeah, he's kind of cute. Very cute. Uh, I even, like, I'm a little sexually attracted to Christina Ricci in this movie. <laughs> uh, our fourth Christina Ricci movie, I know. by the way. What are we going to do when we do ricci for the stars? <laughs> I'm right. just like, we've only done one Meryl Streep movie,
1: but this is our fourth Christina Ricci we're movie.
0: Running out of, we're running out of it's Ricci gonna options. It's going to be 200 cigarettes
1: and uh, Prozac Nation. <laughs>
0: As long as we don't do the opposite of sex before then. Uh, okay. Um, I
1: mean, yeah, Emile Hirsch, like, A, I've had a crush on him because he's only two months older than I am in IRL. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when uh, he was in that movie, The Girl Next Door. Okay. Uh, and you see his butt in
0: it. I've looked that up.
1: Yeah. I mean, granted, he's, like, 18 in that movie, but I was 18 when it was released, so totally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here for it. He looks like Speed Racer, too. Like, he fits
0: the part. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, honestly, the casting all around was solid. Yeah, okay, so let's give let's give some love to casting. I love Christina Ricci. Yep. Mom is Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. God, giving that role more than it deserves. So, uh, <laughs> on, on that note,
1: Susan Sarandon is one of those actresses that, like, when you hear her in an interview, and I'm not just talking about, like, her saying that, like, Trump will be good because it'll ignite the revolution interview. It's like we're all rolling her eyes at that (laughs) comment. But, like, I've just heard her in long-form interviews where she – I almost feel like she belittles the art of acting because she's never taken a class. She sort of fell backwards into it, right? Kind. Well, her husband was an actor, Chris Sarandon, or her ex-husband, Chris Sarandon. So, like, maybe he helped her in some ways, but it's like – you know, any help that she got, I think, is almost negated by how good of an actress she is. And it bothers me because she like belittles like when Al Pacino is like still taking classes on acting, is, like and is still trying to find his stride. And she's like, Well, that's just foolishness. Like yeah. you just pretend to be someone else. That's all acting is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, You like just are so glib about your own profession. And then I see her in this and she's like, she's so Good yeah. in this. I don't think I've ever seen Susan Sarandon in a movie where I didn't like cling on to her in some way. It's like, uh, you know, Thelma Louise, of course, is an obvious one. Oh, yeah. The Hunger, fabulous movie, Great. and she's fabulous in it. Even like a, a minor role, like uh, I think it's called Light Sleeper with Willem Dafoe. Okay. She's only got a supporting role in that. And every time she's on screen, I'm looking at her, even if she's not talking. Yeah. Like she's just got like a presence, and then when like in this movie, like she gives that monologue to speed one
0: one scene to do anything, and she just she knocks it out of the park. When I watch you do some of the things you do, I feel like I'm watching someone paint or or make music. I go to the races to watch you make art, and it's beautiful and inspiring and everything that art should be. Even though. There are times when I have to close my eyes. But then there are other times when you just take my breath away. And it's at those moments when I feel your father's chest swell and I know that he's smiling because he's pretending that he doesn't have
2: tears in his eyes,
0: that I just go to pieces. Why? Because I'm so
1: impossibly proud to
0: be your mom. I mean, okay, I was stoned, but I was definitely feeling that scene. I, like,
1: no, I, to, I wasn't stoned. And I was just like, I, she's selling this much more than you'd think a Speed Racer movie <laughs> should. I feel
0: like it's not on the page. Like, it's that's not, all yeah. in her. Yeah. On like a similar note, like John Goodman. Oh, I mean, powerhouse actor, Perfect. if there ever was one. I don't know if you ever watched the actual cartoon. When I was a kid, yeah. Okay, yeah, and, like, that's what Pops would do. He'd, be, he'd do things like, <laughs> well, let's go fix the, the car. And he like, really went to the source material. Yeah, and, uh, like, he looks cartoony, but then he also has that, like, real moment. Yeah, he really so does. They, that's, a, that's a thing that this movie straddles is, like, cartoonishness with realism it just mashes them together and expects you to like accept it the monologue that they kind of gives near the end when speed's sneaking out yeah. it's
1: mirroring the, the the first one when when his brother was sneaking out and he talks about he's like I realized that I didn't lose my son in the car crash I lost him here Ugh. and I'm like this is a children's movie <laughs> I admit I went to Cortega because
2: I was afraid that what happened to Rex was gonna happen to you and I just couldn't take that but what I realized at Cortega 'Cause I didn't lose Rex when he crashed. I lost him here. I let him think that this stupid motor company meant more to me than he did. You'll never know how much I regret that mistake. But it's enough. I'll never make it again. Speed, I understand that every child has to leave home. But I want you to know that door is always open. You can always come back
1: because I love you. There's just a lot of emotional weight. And I think that's because the Wachowskis, there's not like a disingenuous bone in their body. I know. Like they're good earnest to a fault. And I think that's why like in this movie, sometimes it's a little corny. Like it goes way over the top on like the anti-corporate stuff. Like it is not subtle in the slightest, <laughs> but that's. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying the corporations are bad. <laughs> Yeah. did you not pick that up from
0: oh. okay
1: well maybe I missed it. Well, Okay, go l- ahead. Let, let me spell it out then <laughs> <laughs> sorry finish your point we'll come back to it well i was just gonna say like i think that we're we're able to get these like really touching monologues out of susan sarana and john goodman because the wikowskis are really guiding them to be super genuine about yeah. it and you know create a space on
0: set where they can really capital A act. I actually even liked the scene between Speed Racer and Trixie when they're in the car and it's like at inspiration point. Yeah, and, and she's and she's like
2: I'm starting to wonder.
0: Wonder what? Well, with you so busy becoming Mr. Super Famous Race Car Driver, I'm starting to wonder if you were still interested in this. You know I am. Do I? What? Like you forgot?
2: Maybe I need a reminder. A reminder. Sometimes a girl could use a reminder.
0: It's so cheesy, Mm -hmm. but I buy it. It Mm -hmm. reminded me of Bound with the like dialogue that the like porn dialogue that they have. Okay. It's just like you know, it's kind of PG watered down, but like it feels romantic. True. They they, like take the time in this two-hour, fourteen-minute movie to be like. Let's make sure you buy the romance between Speed and Trixie. Yeah. And I think a lesser movie wouldn't take the time to make that scene. Yeah, like that. that would
1: totally be like one that they'd be like, all right, let's just get this
0: one over yeah. with. Yeah, and I mean it ends on a stupid joke with Spritle and Chim Chim. Which... <laughs> I'm glad you remember their <sighs> names. We'll get so, to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Or do you want to just do it now?
1: Well, I was going to say I uh, uh, people that I know, I don't know if I've read this in any reviews, some people I know that saw this movie do have problems with the Spritel and Chim-Chim aspect of the film. You're
0: looking directly at me when you say that. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, I won't name names in this instance, but uh, I personally don't find it uh, as obnoxious as... I, I, I actually don't find it obnoxious at all, I guess I should say.
0: Okay. Well, let me just say this thing then. Uh, first time I saw it, it was my least favorite part of the movies. And I was like, can we please just cut Chim-Chim and Spritel? They're annoying. I watched this movie twice for the podcast. Watching it these two times, I was like, you know, A, the actor that they got to play Spritel, I love him. Sure. He's really selling Spritel to me. He's, he's got he, that really young kid vibe. Yeah, he's cute. He's able to give Spritel more dimensions than he deserves. I love him. I love, he does a good job. But also, they did a good job of integrating them into the plot. Okay. There's several times where it's like, the plot gets moved along because Spritel snuck into something or something, yeah. you know, like when they sneak into the airplane, he's the one who recognizes the like a uh, spear hook and things like that. Sure. Sure. So sure. there's like, there's just a couple times where I'm like, okay, well they made, he's not just some like comic relief. He actually like moves the plot along mm-hmm. once in a while. And also I was thinking like, okay, even though it's not my favorite part, like if you cut Spritel and Chim Chim, you'd have the hardcore speed racer people being like, where the fuck is Spritel and Chim Chim? Mm-hmm. So you have to put it in somehow. Uh, yeah. And I guess they did the best they could. With yeah.
1: I, like, I don't know like what it is about my sensibilities, but I just don't see what other people find obnoxious about it. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with it. That's cool.
0: It bugged me a lot more on first viewing these two for the podcast. I was like, okay, I'm actually okay with it. Yeah. I
1: like the Chim Chim stuff, especially, like, when they're on, like, a... Uh, this like, is like a c- passenger car, right? Yeah, passenger car, I guess,
0: is what you called call it. It's, like, in the airport. Yeah, when, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, And then, like, Chim Chim, like, jumps on, like, the steering wheel, and it starts spinning around, and then they crash into a wall. It's, like, I wonder if they rehearsed Chim Chim to jump on the wheel and spin it around, or if he just did that, and, like, we'll, we'll just make that the scene. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I was... I. I, I don't I don't understand the Sprital Chim Chim hate. Cool, cool, So, So, cool. uh, but yeah, to uh, go back to the anti-corporate message that this movie seems to have. Um, Do you have a problem with that? <laughs> uh, I don't have a problem with it, because, I mean, really, the movie spells out... Uh, some people say that it's anti-capitalist, and that I don't think that's necessarily true, because the whole movie is dependent on big crowds, buying tickets, and, like, everyone's fine with that. Like, they love the sport of it yeah they just want the sport to be true and so the movie is about like dismantling corporate infrastructures that dismantle the ability
0: for these sports to be pure see i think that's what makes this movie better than what people thought it was is like it is 100 a wachowski movie and that it's about speaking truth to power and that power is in truth like There are people who will do their best to control, and those are, like, the forces that need to be beaten away. And it's, like, it's right there. It's all throughout the movie. And it's not, like, necessarily corporations are bad, but, like, people trying to control things to help their own interests that is bad. Right. Like, every Wachowski movie is about,
1: like, breaking out of the confines of something. Like, even Bound has it in a small way. And then, I mean, of course, The Matrix and things like that, and... Jupiter
0: ascending. <laughs> Jupiter, yeah. I'm the, not going to uh, intergalactic all, all uh, this, uh, coalition there. It's their theme. It's like their one thing that they always do, which good on them for always being able to do that with a huge Hollywood budget. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's bananas.
1: And so, yeah, it, it's like here, it, it's not necessarily that they're against, like, you know, people paying for a ticket to go see a, a car race or people buying specific engines or cars or makes or models from from winning it's the fact that it's engineered to have specific winners for the sake of profitability benefiting the oligarchy yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. like that which is a complicated message for a pg movie <laughs> yeah i get that but like i mean good on them for pushing it in there yeah and it, it makes sense like it's
1: right in their themes and they also make it because like fifa the uh soccer organization Uh like the world soccer organization is like rife with corruption like this is like a common thing is like they're always worried that like games are going to be thrown or things aren't fair in soccer because like the organization that oversees and organizes all the games is massively corrupt and so like I can see parallels between like the Racing League and Speed Racer and FIFA, like yeah. in real life. Yeah. Cause like FIFA, one of the big controversies around them is like they didn't like women's soccer. Like so in the sixties they just squelched it and decided like no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And it's like why why not? Like, why couldn't you just let them have a soccer league? And so, yeah. To me, like I just saw parallels between FIFA and what you know the the uh, you know big corporations and Speed Racer yeah. were doing. Well,
0: and the way they phrase it in this is like, if you like crash, like you do you do a fall. That devalues, like, the company that you're representing. Right. And therefore, someone else can buy it up at that low price and then, like, inflate it, and da-da-da, so there's, like, stock market shit.
2: Driving this rebuilt Whitigan for Iodine Industries, Pots spun out in the second lap and went down as a DNF, a forgettable and pathetic finish. So bad that afterwards, Iodine stock dropped six points, but... As Ben Burns sat guzzling cold, fresh milk at Victory Lane, a thousand cameras taking his picture, Cirrus Aeronautics saw almost a 12-point gain, which immediately blocked Peninsula Power Cell from being able to afford the price of a complete takeover. This put Joel Goldman, the CEO of Iodine Inc., in the exact position he wanted to be in. By first buying controlling interest in his own company at a devalued price, he then brokered a merger with Cirrus that immediately sent Iodine into the Gaines record book, the only record book that matters. Look out that window. There isn't a single plane or helicopter or K Harrier that isn't powered by iodine fuel cells. That's what racing is about. It has nothing to do with cars or drivers. All that matters is power and the unassailable might of money.
0: It does get convoluted, I guess. But it's like, I think even though like I might not be able to follow all that specifically, I can understand enough that like... These guys are plotting to fix races to benefit themselves. Right. So it's like, even if I don't understand the specifics of what's going on, I know enough about the bad guys and what they're plotting and that they need to be taken down. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't think that convoluted plot is necessarily a valid criticism in something so simple like I don't think you need to know all the inner workings of it to know that like this is just because it is kind of how real world like evil oh totally totally I totally. mean like our main our main baddie I can't remember his name whenever he's threatened by anybody his next move is to be like I'm gonna sue you and you'll be stuck in legal hell for years
2: the price is seventy-eight a share that's outrageous The price is barely above 50. This is extortion. Blackmail. I'll sue you. Tie up every asset you own for the next 20 years.
0: Our president does that all the fucking time. He's a rich person who's like, if you piss me off, I'm just going to sue you. Sick lawyers on you. And like, even if you are right, you're going to be stuck in legal hell with me for years. And I can afford to do this much longer than you. And so it's like... I think that's really prescient to do this in 2008 like show that like rich people can just this is their move you know yeah it's like if they can't buy you they'll just bankrupt you yeah through legal recourse even if it's you know frivolous superfluous yeah, yeah. frivolous so it's like that is i think really uh insightful
1: yeah and it i mean because it is true like because the first thing that happens is like the the Uh, racer family uh, gets hit with a frivolous lawsuit like saying that they like infringed on you know patents or or something like that of other engineers and it's not true but like they still have to like go through the whole legal process and
0: prove their innocence which um, that doesn't really get resolved in this movie does it
1: no but it's also sort of uh, imply that the corporation that's leveraging these lawsuits Uh, kind of goes bankrupt yeah
0: yeah okay so that's cool but, yeah, it's just – just you don't need to know the inner workings of the bad guys to know that, like, they're just there to squash the little person or absorb them into their thing, which is – I mean, that's enough for me. Yeah,
1: I mean, it would be one thing if corporations were like, oh, you know, join us. We'll give you lots of money. And if you said no, we were like, well, you know, we'll meet you on the track then, you know. May the best man win yeah. uh, or best person win. Yeah. But uh it's not that way. And I mean there's also a lot of parallels to like American agriculture that's like the farm industry sure. is really this way. Like you can't just have like your own independent farm. Like the moment you get any hint of like market share, like they're like, they're Okay, well you, you can out. Yeah, we're gonna buy you out. Oh, you don't wanna buy us out? Well then you're infringing on our farming practices And yeah, we'll sue you and then put you out of business. I've
0: heard stories of like Monsanto planting farms next to small farms, and then like they buy the land that's upwind from those small farms so that if any of their, you know, uh, copyrighted DNA corn pollen ends up in like the small farms' corn, they can test for that and then sue them for copyright infringement. So it's like
1: Monsanto. I know. It's
0: bullshit. So it's that mentality that we're fighting against in yeah. this movie. And, again, I don't need to know specifics of it. I just need to know that, that that's bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know? Are you not pro-Monsanto and, and their ability to provide you with cheaper corn because of all this? <laughs> How cheap does corn need to be? It's already subsidized by the government. So like you literally get it at below the cost that it takes to make I'm it. I'm not even digesting it when I eat it. <laughs> On a side note, here's a buffet of uh, peanuts, cashews, and beets. I'll
0: let you know how that goes. Yeah. I should cut that right. <laughs> corn? <laughs> when did I have corn? <laughs> I want to talk about the visuals in the movie. Yeah. So, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, okay. I think is 2003, three, four, somewhere in there. Somewhere, yeah. Everyone was... Happy to talk about this. They were movie. all shitting their pants. They with were like, corn and Oh peanuts. my god, <laughs> my diaper is full of <laughs> corn and peanuts and <laughs> beat red stool <laughs> because there's no sets in this movie, there aren't even props. Yeah, it's all CG. Holy shit, we're in the future, uh-huh. and I don't know if you've watched that movie or when the last time you watched that movie is, but it is underwhelming. (laughs) I've I've never actually seen it myself because
1: there was no positive review of it. And even like contrarian, like, uh, uh, like movie reviews that I follow on like letterboxd or just like, Hmm,
0: maybe we weren't there yet. I did not love it. This movie, I feel like because it's cartoon, they're able to lean into the cartoon elements of it like it's like yeah let's do this all green screen and we're gonna make the unreal stuff look unreal it's real enough but it still seems hyper real that like i don't mind it it it's it doesn't fall into cgi mess territory for me because it is so fake and cartoony yeah already.
1: it also doesn't fall into CGI mess for me just because it it's so colorful and the colors are so distinct. It's not like super vibrant or neon all the time. Right. It's just the colors are very defined where, you know, if you watch Thor two, all of it is like color corrected to be like certain, like blue, green, dark teal sort of stuff. And like it, when you're seeing like an army run at you and it's just a bunch of varying shades of like blue, green and teal, like yeah, it just looks like a bunch of, like, squiggly figures running at you, where here it's very defined colors. Like, even in that opening race, like, you have, you know, the Mach 5, which is white, and then you have the the older brother's car, which is red. Right. And then you have, an, like, racing at night but like the white stands out in the night and the track is black and like dark red. And they
0: give you like the trails of the ghost car, so you know yeah. it's like not the real one. So
1: visually it's very clear. Yeah. Like it, it 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 nothing gets muddled together in this movie and then even things like the sky is so vibrant blue with like puffy
0: white clouds. Right. Like you feel it, like there's a texture to it. I'm surprised at myself at how much I don't care that it's all green screened. And I think it's a director's touch, to be honest. Like there's a scene when it's Speed Racer, Trixie, and Racer X going up like a hairpin turns up a thing. And like, it's just, it's dialogue basically between the three of them. And it like, just will like zoom into one car and then they'll have their line and then zoom back to another. But meanwhile, they're going up hairpin turns. So the background is like spinning behind them and they're all turning. And I'm just like, this is awesome. (laughs) I can't believe you talked us into this ridiculous idea.
2: What's ridiculous about it? You're the ones who were saying am we a better driver than most of the WRL. Now's not the time to prove it. Why
1: not? It's too dangerous. Oh, it's too dangerous for me, but not for you, right? Children, focus. We're going to have a chance. We're going to have to pass Snake before the rendezvous.
0: I'm ready. Let's roll. I was just really struck with how good that worked because they came at it from a director standpoint they're like how can we make this dialogue interesting
1: yeah also i think that uh you know the first matrix movie i think actually is aged pretty well yeah like i think its biggest detriment is that it has too many copycats and so like when you see the first matrix movie sometimes you'll associate it with you know uh uh, what's the kate beckinsale franchise Hell. Underworld, underworld, you know, and movies of that ilk, like sure. you know, the Matrix spawned so many copycats, and some of them were cheap and and cash grabs that like we associate with some cheap CG. You know, the second two Matrix sequels kind of succumbed to their own oh yeah copycat syndrome, and I feel like with this, like they kind of felt like they had a fresh start, and it reminded me that like oh they do actually have a pretty good eye for CG yeah and it's on full display here. It's the exact opposite of like the color coding that we see in like bound where it's like, it's just like black, white, red, with a splash of green. This is like every conceivable yeah. color. Yeah. 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 And, uh, they just knock it out of the park by making it very defined, the prominent colors. Yeah.
0: And it's just, it's all saturated. Like there's no, I don't know. I can't, I struggle to think of a movie this colorful and like <sighs> I've been picking nothing but colorful movies all season. Yeah. And this one is just, like, in-your-face, candy-coated, and I I don't know, like, the fakeness of that works somehow. Maybe because it's a cartoon, maybe because they're trying to aim for family, like, a younger sort of demo. They do a good job of just, like,
1: world-building, but, like, making it believable that you can have these live-action actors inhabit this very cartoony world, like... Even if, like, the lighting looks a little off sometimes, like, I'm never necessarily, like, taken out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, I believe that, like, this world is real enough. Yeah. So, you
0: mentioned that you weren't sure that you even liked this movie. What What's making you doubt it? Okay. Watching it, 100% on board. While it's on, I love it.
1: I was gonna say it's anti corporate. It's colorful. There's cute boys in it. Like, good what's pa- not there's for good Ryan to like? I mean, I
0: know when it's done, and I try to think, what did I feel from this? What did I get from it? It feels a little empty, and but then I'm like, do I need my all my movies to mean something? Sure. No. Like there, there's also a part of me that's like, why, why can't I just have a candy coated, well made fun fest for two and a half hours and there are parts of this that are like a little juvenile i'm gonna chim 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 like when you know when uh john goodman comes out with like his greco roman wrestling ring and oh yeah throws the guy in his boxer shorts and stuff i'm like okay i mean there's a couple other points where i was like this feels a little young Uh for me but i also feel like you know, I rewatched watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks not too long ago, which was a huge childhood movie for me. Okay,
1: I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Oh. I was going to say, just if you want to throw that one on the podcast.
0: Well, I'll, I'll just say this right now. It's kind of long. It's about two hours. And it's definitely a movie that Disney was trying to hit the whole family. Like, they weren't trying to hit a, a quadrant. They were trying to hit all quadrants. Okay. And so there's parts of it that lag because it's like, this isn't for kids. This is for the dad. Okay. Or like, this is for the mom. And like, I almost feel like that's what they were going for with this movie. They were aiming for like, you know, as young as five, six, and as old as, you know.
1: And in trying to please something.
0: everyone, it just waters it down. Yeah. That it's
1: really it, for no one it almost.
0: Just, it doesn't quite, I don't know. When I watch this movie, and I think it would make a great double feature, this and Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Sure. Like, they're very similar movies. Looking back on it, like, but I think that Scott Pilgrim succeeds a little more because it's not trying to please everybody. Mm. It's really just trying to focus on like, niche. yeah, it,
1: it, like a specific like the millennials essentially like
0: late Gen Z, early millennials. That's what Scott Pilgrim's for. Yeah, and like, I mean, Speed Racer is sort of trying to tap into that Gen X nostalgia with like their kids coming in to watch it too and it's like it just doesn't like breach all that. Sure
1: yeah I I can kind of see that like my main complaint is I think it runs a little too long and the plot is a little too heady I don't remember the cartoon well enough but I, I just feel like the cartoon was nowhere near that complex. Yeah, if I had to bet, I'd say the cartoon was really just about some villainous racer they were going against. I mean, in I every watched it.
0: I watched it as a kid, but all I could really remember was the theme song. Here he comes, here, here comes Speed Racer. He's a, a demon, demon on wheels. wheels. <laughs> he's a demon, and he's gonna be chasing, chasing after, after someone. someone. Like any episode of that show, I couldn't tell
1: you. Yeah. So I don't know. I I to me like the plot gets a little convoluted, especially like once they start having to do these like black market races. I was like, "Wait, why do I have to do this?" I mean, yeah. What,
0: what, like
1: they've why already Why does this
0: car have saws? Yeah. <laughs> like
1: yeah, it gets into that and then yeah, it's it's a, it's a tad long, but yeah, for the most part, I'm here for it. Like it 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 is not like a great meaningful movie. This doesn't make me rethink humanity it doesn't have a pithy quality to it. That makes me think there's more under the surface or something like that. But in terms of just like a good popcorn flick, that's
0: easy enough to watch ain't nothing wrong with this one. And I mean, honestly, I don't want to like overstep anything, but like as a pivotal movie in just Hollywood history, I think this is more important than Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow sure. for for being like, here's what movies are going to look like moving forward. Get ready. And I think they were right, especially when you think of how successful Marvel movies are and how much they bite off this movie. Yeah.
1: In a lot of ways, I don't think uh, a lot of modern superhero action movies have caught up to this in some ways. Like, yeah. Because so many of them are just so drab looking. Like, I remember when the Doctor Strange movie came out a couple years ago, I was like, oh, finally, like, an excuse to get colorful. Like, this guy's a fucking magician or whatever. Yeah. And it's not. It's, like, the most fucking, like, dour black movie you've seen. I'm like, God, just come on. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm with you.
1: Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, touches upon this stuff. But even th- those ones don't get quite to the colorful levels You're of this one
0: space a lot so yeah i guess i do land on like and especially as a wakowski movie like i think that's an important thing to remember because it's like they did the fucking matrix trilogy and then they're like okay what's your next thing let's do a sports movie you <laughs> know and then let, <laughs> is this is let, our let's... first sports movie well we did big fan is that a sports movie they don't actually play any sports in it talk about sports yeah that one doesn't count as a sports movie might be our first sports. this one is this unless okay. to count that extended football sequence in mash
1: yeah still not a sports movie <laughs> okay. that that's probably as close as we've gotten
0: though <laughs> <Ugh>. uh, <laughs> but i mean this is a it's a sports movie this is a sports have movie yeah, yeah definitely and uh i just think that's so ballsy to be like Next thing we're going to do, we're going to combine action, sports, and kids' movies. You know? Yeah. Like, what a weird thing to do is your next move. And I love them for it. Yeah. Hey, I mean, no one's ever accused of the Wachowskis of playing it safe. Like, they shoot for the fences no matter what. I don't know. At least movie-wise, even their sort of missteps are good to interesting. Like. Shh. Sure, like I don't think I, Matrix Revolutions is a good movie.
1: No, I, I'll defend Matrix re- Revolutions more than I think the average moviegoer will. Okay. And I actually find myself defending Jupiter Ascending more than you do. I mean, I will. <laughs> I can go to bat for it if I have to. It's just... I mean, the main problem with that movie is Eddie Romaine. Yeah, I mean... A performance so bad that they should renege his Oscar.
0: <laughs> I agree. But I mean can you name another director or directing duo that has remained so true to just like the theme of fuck you establishment mm. for so many years, still working within the system, you know? Yeah. That's I, really admirable. I think.
1: Yeah. I, I can't think of any ones that have the themes of anti-establishment that work as well inside the system as
0: them. And I mean, God, they must be doing backflips to sell anything they're doing. I don't it's know; like it's a fantasy, so it's okay. Matrix Four is only
1: so far being directed by Lily Wakowski. Oh, interesting. So, I don't know if there's practical reasons because I know I, I heard that Lana is still like in the process of transitioning. Okay, and that's sort of taken her out of the mix for a while. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but. Yeah, as of right now it's just Lily Wachowski directing it. I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch anything they make. Hey, they got the band back together again for that one. It's like Oh yeah. It's Keanu Reeves, it's Caroline Moss, like Lawrence Fishburne signed on. Like Ooh. everyone's gonna be there for it. Great. Yeah. I'll watch it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't have a ton to say more about Speed Racer. I just I really love the Wakowski's, and I really think this movie was unjustly maligned upon its release. I, I just, think so. I think people just didn't get it. And I think it is rightful that people are now like coming to appreciate the movie because it is actually, it's so fun. I mean, two hours, 15 minutes, but it's like candy coated, I, I easy think I, think I think the Wachowski stock was just low after that third Matrix
1: movie. Yeah. And this might not have been the thing to to get it back up because I, I just don't know a lot of people who really had a lot of nostalgia for Speed Racer at the time.
0: Well, it, yeah, I mean, the the iron was hot back in the 90s so yeah to make this movie in 2008 is like ugh.
1: yeah you might have missed it there for missed a little that bit window
0: but i mean damn i i they got it yeah they they did great they,
1: they can direct a movie all right you convinced me i like it. <laughs> okay okay cool 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 cool
0: want to watch next week
1: you know this is big budget this was a spectacle but also a little campy sure i feel like we've been doing a lot of campy stuff this season
0: well it's summertime
1: it's summertime you know uh so i'm gonna take us to a literal camp
0: oh uh, a
1: sleepaway camp
0: <gasps> which one
1: the first one one. Oh. <laughs>
0: Thank God. Sleepy Week Camp 2 is a snooze. (laughs) You and I don't necessarily agree on this
1: one, because the first time I watched it, I remember texting you, and uh, you weren't really super on
0: board with it. Well, I'll save it. I have thoughts on this movie, but maybe they'll change. I'm... A mutable person uh-huh sometimes my opinions change over time we haven't done a horror movie since schlocktoberfest like a horror movie proper oh yeah like private
1: parts had horror elements but i want to do like a horror horror movie great. and this one takes place in summer so just seemed fitting i can't wait uh plug or junk get the fuck out of here that sounds great go to patreon
0: go to patreon patreoncom X-rated movies Join any tier you like, or email us—we'll make a new tier for you—and then you get access to all our fun bonus content. And we've got some good stuff coming up—not just movies. We might be talking about music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by might, I mean we will. We will.
1: Okay. Go to Facebook. You can't find Ryan, but you can find us at Rated X Movies. Go to Twitter at X Rated Movies.
0: And email us, x.rated.movies at gmail.com.
1: And go to our website to find things that you cannot find via the usual channels. I
0: mentioned uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World earlier in this episode. We have an episode on that movie. <laughs> we do. 41. Uh-huh. Episode 41, we talked about Scott Pilgrim.
1: And uh, as of recording, you can still access one of our Christina Ricci movies, but probably not the other two. Uh, Ice Storm is, is definitely still yeah, available, yeah. but uh,
0: I think Adam's Family Values
1: is available. Possibly, yeah. But probably not the first Adam's
0: Family. No, I mean, otherwise, you're going to have to wait till our double feature of Christina Ricci movies, Reaching for the Stars. <laughs> with uh, 200 cigarettes and mm, Prozac Nation. And Prozac Nation, <laughs> yeah. I think that's it, correct?
1: Yeah, that should do it. Great. Cool. Uh, leave us love wherever you get your podcast for free. Yeah. Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Google Play.
0: Talk us up to all your friends, and we love you.
1: And uh, until next week with Sleepaway Camp, keep, keep reaching for that, that rainbow. rainbow.